Welcome back to another episode of Boss Your Business. And today I have Jess here as a guest who is a former celebrity personal trainer. Girl, you know how to kick some ass. <laughs> An elementary school teacher. You really know how to kick some ass and motivate people. Um, you turned her one, you turned your one's cute side hustle into a million dollar business in 18 months. Yeah. So if anybody is wondering why I have her on today, now you know. <laughs> Just tell people, what, what do you do? Who are you? Yeah, thank you. So I'm Jess Glazer DeRose. Like you said, I'm the CVO, the visionary officer and founder of Digital Business Evolution, as well as the host of the Digital Business Evolution podcast. So my company and I, my team and I, really we are in the space of digital education. We help coaches, consultants, service providers, creatives, entrepreneurs, anyone really, take their knowledge, their skill set, their lived experience, and their unique perspective and package it up into digital education. So whether it's courses, group coaching programs, masterminds, high ticket, low ticket, and anything in between, that is what we help people do. So that is who I am. That is what we do. And I'm um, excited to talk to you today. I'm excited. I'm like the... Just the thought of of growing something and especially with your diverse background, which brings me to the first question. Mm -hmm. How did you get here? How does how does a celebrity personal trainer, elementary school teacher turn you? Yeah, I ask that question all the time, too. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, you know, Steve Jobs has a quote that I love. He says, you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only connect them looking backwards. So for me to sit here today and say, how did I get here? The things that I thought along the way that made no sense made all the sense in the world. So I don't talk about it often because it's not part of my journey that. anymore. But um, I actually went to school for my doctorate of physical therapy. Teaching phys ed was a uh, plan C. It was very much a fallback. So after I went to school for my doctorate, I actually ended up in the fashion industry. I lived on my brother's couch in New York City for a year. So I worked in the fashion industry, taught elementary school, phys ed, like you said, for eight years. And I, I worked as a trainer for 18 years. So the day that I turned 17, I got my certification to be a trainer and did that for a lot of my life. And it was always a side hustle. It was always just something because I loved it. And I got a free gym membership and it helped me pay the bills. And so... Um, you know, looking back now, I can see how all the different skill sets and education and people that I've met along the way got me to be where I am today. But the true journey that you see today of full-time entrepreneurship, retired her husband, has a team, um, I never sought out to do that. I never thought that I would. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was until I was like 31. And I've just been sort of taking the next step, taking the next step. So they're like little breadcrumbs. And so all the little breadcrumbs along the way have gotten me here. And the transition into business coaching and consulting happened organically starting in 2017. So I had a lot of success in my health and fitness business, as you said, a million dollars in 18 months, which was great. Um, but I continued to scale that. And as I did, a lot of my trainer friends in New York City were asking me, why are you always in your computer? What are you doing? How do you make so much money? Why, why are you on Zoom? You know, this is pre-pandemic. And so I started oh, helping friends for free and just in helping one friend that turned into three and now seven. And every Thursday we're sitting behind my laptop between seeing personal training clients. And I brought my first friend through her own launch and she had an $80,000 launch. And so at that point I said, I think that I have something here and I've been able to take my, my superpower of as a teacher of taking difficult concepts, easy to understand and writing curriculum. And I started just offering help to friends in the fitness industry. And one thing led to another. And now here we are. And 
all these years later, I don't do any health and fitness stuff anymore. <laughs> and that's why I love that question. I'm like, when I'm always asked, I'm like, I just followed the yellow brick road. I'm like, <laughs> it's just, there is a need. And I like doing that. So I'm fulfilling it. But that's yeah. exactly why, why I love this question, because it, it shows our listeners where it's like you don't necessarily set out to do this thing. Yeah, you not just at all. between seeing what's needed and what's asked for and what we like to do and just follow the yellow brick road. Yeah, and I and I packed my toolbox full of new tools along the way. You know, the bio is very sexy, a million dollars in 18 months. That's from when I quit my full-time teaching job in 2017. But what the bio doesn't tell you is that from 2012 to 2017, so for five years while I was working full-time as a teacher, I was blogging. I was selling $79 eBooks on the internet. I was running paid and free Facebook groups. I, I had been dabbling in the online industry for five years testing things before I quit my job. And when I did quit, I had not replaced my income, not even close. I was making like $300 a month in my cute side hustle. And that's why I call it a cute side hustle. So I was not making a ton of money again i didn't really think at the time at the time i think that i thought i was going to be like the next jillian michaels like i really thought i'm going to build this fitness brand i'm going to be on tv i'm going to be a trainer for the biggest loser or something like that and obviously that is not where i am now so <laughs> yeah i i like where you are now better i do oh, like do. where you are now better me too yeah so tell tell the audience how does your life look nowadays? You already talked about this. You retired your husband. You were, you were, you're living the life how you want it, it sounds like. Yeah. And we've asked ourselves those questions every day. You know, is this what we want to do? Is this, are we happy? What do we want to do next? So, I mean, my life is not that exciting at all. On the daily, what do I do? I work like I everybody else. I think exciting can be overrated, though. So Absolutely. that is one of the questions. One, one of the conversations I actually had with my own coach, there comes a point where we, we are usually, as an entrepreneur, we are usually excited to solve problems and fix things, however that manifests in our life, right? Yeah. yeah. But there comes a point where I decided to let go of that excitement and that takes growth. Yeah, because letting go of that excitement of constantly fixing people and, and, and doing things means there's a certain safety to it. There's a certain calm to it where it's mm -hmm. just like, <sighs> well, the ego also, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy when you're right. It's like, I'm fixing, I'm helping. I, 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 and there's the ego there. So, you know, my mentor says, I love this. He always says, your business is not meant to entertain you. And he says, you know, get a hobby. So it should feel a little bit mundane. And I think, not, not I think, I know, unfortunately, the coaching industry paints a different picture. And, you know, entrepreneurship is trending and social media, people see a lot of things. And the truth is, it takes a lot of work and consistency. And so when you ask, what does my day look like, like anybody else's, I, I just am my own boss, but I still have a job, I've created that job. And so, yes, there's a lot of freedom and autonomy. And so it's Rob Peter to pay Paul. So if I'm going to take a week off and I'm going to run around with my husband or go on a vacation, well, I'm going to make those hours up and work before I go away or when I get back. And, you know, I, um, I don't believe in balance and my husband and I, we work together. We yes! don't, I don't at all. I don't think there is such a thing. 
And that comes even from the fitness world of almost 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we do, we don't compartmentalize the business. We are very anti-date night. I'm not saying don't go on a date night, but we don't separate the business is here and our, our, our marriage or our romantic life is here. It's integrated. It's one and the same. And so the way that we choose to do life and business together is that we're doing life and business together. And so if we're at dinner and one of us is talking business, we know to communicate with one another. If one of us is like tapped out, you can say, you know what, babe, I just, I really don't want to talk about business right now. This is not a trigger. We do not need to unpack anything. I'm just tapped out. Honor that. Right. And so we've worked over the last three years of just like, not now it's not you. I'm not mad. It just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I just need a minute. Okay, cool. When can I circle back? So we don't compartmentalize life and business. We, we work hard and that is why we have a multiple seven figure business and we have an incredible team and our team works really freaking hard and we have a lot of fun. Like last year we took our team to Vegas after our launch and we let them bring their spouses and we wined and dined everybody and we partied together and it was great. And then, you know, when we're in a launch season, we're working. So that's kind of how we feel. I'm like, I am, I am so excited over here right <laughs> now because first of all, can we, can we clone him? I'm on the search for a guy like that. <laughs> um, secondary, I completely agree to yeah. me. Same thing. I'm like, I have this business because I love what I do. Yeah. I am my business. So I completely understand that, okay, we, we are not putting this into boxes. We're not compartmentalizing it. Yeah. But even more, yes, there is no freaking balance. It's seasons. seasons. It's seasons. Exactly. There like is seasons there where, where the business is going to take more time. And there is seasons where personal life and travel is going to take more time. And when you said the communication piece, Oh my God, talk about talking my language where it's like being able to just say, Hey, Han, I love you, but I had enough shit in business today. Yeah. Can we just table that to tomorrow? Yeah. And nobody is taking it personal. It's just no. setting boundaries and having that communication of cool. I'm not going to be sitting here, not listening to you because my head is not in it. I'm just going to let you know. Yeah. That's how and easy we is communication. Absolutely. And we've had a really interesting dynamic too, because we have our COO of the company. She's our full-time integrator. Uh, she's my right hand, but we are married and we live together. And so a lot of times in the off time, decisions will all of a sudden not be made, but ideas will come up and we'll think of things. And then we'll come back to a meeting on a Monday and she's out of the loop because she doesn't live with us. Right. So we've understood that in our organizational chart, while there's a certain hierarchy that happens, we've added an additional box to the organizational chart and it's called the owner's box. So I'm the visionary officer, I'm the founder. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm the last stop. Lauren, who is the, our integrator and our full-time COO, everything gets passed through her. And Mike, who's my husband, is really, he's the acting CEO, he's also the CFO. And so when Mike and I are together, we're sort of in this additional floating box that's up at the top yeah. and it's called the owner's box. And so it doesn't mean that we can't dream together and ideate together. And it doesn't mean that we're intentionally leaving Lauren out. She just isn't part of this marriage. She doesn't live here. And so it, it's just a way of communicating where now we'll even have a channel inside of our Slack communication where we say, hey, something came up this weekend in the owner's box. We want to talk about it on the executive team meeting on Monday, right? And so it's just... I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. It's like communication has been such a topic for me as of late, no matter if that is in business or in personal. Um, it's always been one of the things when I bring somebody on, I'm like, I know life happens. I know uh, everybody I bring on is passionate about what they do. And sometimes they still have to learn how to take care of themselves in the process while living their passion. Yeah. You've probably done it just as much as I have done it, where it's like we are getting so laser focused on something and suddenly we burn ourselves out. And simply because we didn't set a damn reminder of Evie, go take a hot bath and take the evening off. Yeah, it happens. And because I work in my team with a lot of passionate people, they have the same kind of tendency. Mm -hmm. So what I do in the beginning is literally tell them life happens. There, there can be a meltdown. There can be a, I can't fucking deal with you, Evie, right now. <laughs> it's possible. When I get yeah. on one of my passion moments, I can get a lot. And there is no problem to it's say, Evie, go, go. Go run, go do so, go on your palate yeah. and whatever. I can't deal with you right now. But also saying, I need to step away right now because the rest of the team needs to be able to function accordingly yeah. to be able to let you step away and that being okay without impacting the business. So it's like everything comes down to communication and simply just clear communication. Yeah. Not, well, not assuming. Right. And like you're saying, the putting yourself and your health and your mental health and your wellness first. And so we're huge advocates for building our, our business around our life and not our life around yeah. our business. So even with our team, you know, we'll, we will send them gift cards or buy them yoga classes and stuff like that, where it's like, yes, go do these things because life comes first, business comes second. And the funny thing is the more that we do that, the more that the business grows, the more that we can fuel ourselves. And I'm not saying sit around and take baths every night and think that your your business is going to grow. But the more that you take care of yourself, invest in yourself, right? Personal growth, the more you do that, the business will just grow. Your relationships will grow. Your happiness will grow. It's That's how you become magnetic. So it's always, it's life first, business second. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's so cute. I just ran into that with my, with my content VA, with my writer. Love working with her. She come to find out lung infection. I'm like, girl, how do you have a lung infection? And you did not know. She's like, yeah, I went to the ER. They gave me medication. Um, is it okay if if I step back for a couple of days? I'm like, girl, your health is more important than yeah. my content going out. Not to mention the week we are planned. We are it's it's all ready to go. It's like there's right. nothing you need to do. I'm like, I love you for wanting to make sure everything is in order, but go take care of your health. That's more yeah. important than anything. Absolutely. So I love always hearing when when other business uh, owners and entrepreneurs really just let their team be. Yes. In the end, what matters is the result we are bringing up all together, mm -hmm. which means if you are doing well, if you are happy, if you are doing whatever privately you want to do to take care of yourself and refill your bucket perfect pay attention yeah. to that do that yeah we're we are not here to to crack the whip and be the slave driver no no definitely not so what are what are some 
what are some some things that you guys have implemented to be able to run this business like that, to go through the seasons, to support your team? Um, one of the things you already had mentioned was the owner box. I love that idea. I might just have to steal that because yeah, it's just it's just the common sense, right? You guys live together. I'm like, you are married. Yeah, it's, it's kind of to be expected. You're living right, together. Right. So just adjusting accordingly for that to to bring the company. And I love that process. I love that idea. Um, what else have you guys done to to be able to run the company like you are doing it now? Gosh, so many things. I mean, from the top down, number one is I've gotten out of my own way. So as founders and visionaries and coaches and business owners, a lot of times we are the bottleneck, whether it's our mindset yep. and limiting belief, that's the bottleneck, our need for control, our need for ownership, right? So I have gotten out of the way, which has not been easy. It's taken years for me to really work on that, where I'm asking for help. I'm delegating. I'm raising my hand. I'm saying, I don't know. Um, watching other people on the team fumble through things that I could probably do maybe at the time better and faster, but ultimately it's going to be their role. And so learning how to be a leader is not something that we're taught. And for the record, like posting something on Instagram and having a business does not make you a leader. It's a skill and it's really difficult skill. So from the top down, um, working on my leadership, working on my communication with the team and empowering them to step into their role. Another thing God, that we've I done love is, that. yeah, we focused a lot on our organizational chart. So even if you don't have a team yet, you are still sitting in all of these different seats, right? And we all know this when you're a solopreneur, it's like one moment you're the marketer, then you're doing sales, then you're doing content creation, then you're doing courses, mm -hmm. then you're doing customer service. So getting really clear on your organizational chart, even if it's only you, and really making sure that if you do have team, not you cannot have two people sitting in one seat. Like just imagine literally trying to have two people sit in one seat it's very uncomfortable. Somebody's butt is going to go numb, right? Like it just doesn't work. We get in each other's way. So really checking to make sure that you don't have two people sitting in one seat. You can, however, have one person sitting in multiple seats, but if you have them in too many seats, that's going to burn them out and it's not going to have them working at their optimal capacity. So for our organizational chart, we really have like that CVO, the visionary founder at the top, underneath me is going to be our CEO and our COO. And then underneath that, we have three departments. So on the left, we have our growth. So our head of growth is responsible for anything before the sale. So this is marketing, this is social media, this is PR, this is content, this is ads, affiliates, right? In the middle, we have operations. So legal, financial, tech, boring, HR. And then on the right, we have customer success. So that's essentially anything after the sale. So the deliverables, the content, the emails, the continuing education, the customer support, the check-ins, the surveys, the testimonials, right? The gifts, all of that. When you get really clear on that, you can bounce from one area to another, even especially if you're working alone or with a very small team. So now different energy is required for different roles. Like a coaching call is a very different energy than sitting down behind your computer and writing an email. So you can start to kind of maybe batch out or time block and move things around your calendar so that you're in one type of energy, you're in this creative flow, and then you shift to something else. So that has been huge for us. And we actually experienced something uh, back in September, we were in the middle of arguably one of our biggest launches, which is like all hands on deck. It's a big, it's a big thing. It's like a month long thing. Um, we experienced a, a loss of a baby that we were not expecting and an immediate, uh, an emergency surgery. So I ended up, I had an ectopic pregnancy and they rushed me into surgery the day of that we found out. Um, and this was all on day two of a 12 day ex live experience that we put on. 
at that point, we were really tested with, we talk all the time about, we could teach anybody to make money. And I say that humbly, I'm not interested in teaching you how to make money. I want to teach you how to build a machine that makes you money. And this is like yeah. a big thread throughout our business. Well, in September, on September 17th, 2022, the rug was pulled out from underneath me and I was removed from the business unexpectedly. And we were on day two of a 12 day launch and the team ran the entire thing without me. And it was like, wow, we, we actually, we did it. We, we've built the machine that we always talk about. And so for us, that is something that we are, we harp on that. We teach that we believe in that. And what that looks like is anything from taking a proactive approach to your business, not a reactive approach to your business, um, not throwing money at problems, throwing money at a problem isn't going to solve the problem. It's just going to, just going to decrease the amount of money that you have. Right. So learning how to do all the different things in the business. Everyone on the team knows how to do everything in the business. It doesn't mean that's what they're doing all the time, but making sure even yourself as a solopreneur, do everything, learn all the platforms before you hire people. Yeah. So that when you do hire someone, you know, if they're trying to get one over on you, you know, that that task only takes six minutes. You know, that if they can't show up tomorrow because something in their life happened, you don't have to freak out because you, you know, how jump to in. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one, one of the things that I like to follow too, where it's like, you don't need to be the expert in everything on your business. That's where yeah. you can hire experts, but know enough to know your way around. Yeah. It also, especially when you are starting out, when you are just learning how to hire well, gives you the chance to be like, you know what, we are not aligned, we are not doing this, I'm going to take over. It gives you that safety of knowing yes. I can make a decision based out of my decision, not out of fear. Yes, or like desperation. So I love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sorry for the loss, sorry for that Thank you. experience, yeah. but it, it has proven also mm -hmm. that you are living what you are teaching. And yeah. that's, that's part of what drives me too. where I wasn't in that situation. When I lost my husband, I had to completely start over from zero where I'm like, I don't want people to have to make a decision between their business and their loved ones yeah. coming life happens. And especially in the States, let's be honest, we do not have the social safety net I used to have in Germany. So being able to rely on your business rather than your business relying on you yes. is just a safety and a freedom of choice that I wish on anybody out there. So my head is off to you. Yeah, we're speaking the same language for sure. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I, I just found my new business bestie. It's yeah. like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on the, the customer side of things, so that was sort of top down on, on the team side of things. But on the customer side of, of things, I think the success has really come from a couple different things. So similarly, getting out of my own way again, right? There's a theme here. Yeah. Listening, listening. Most of us aren't listening to our clients. Are you, are you saying I'm not supposed to be talking at my clients and telling them what to do? <laughs> well, especially. And when yes, for everybody that doesn't see my face right now, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. But it comes, especially in marketing, we're all, so often we're creating what we want, what we want to do. We're talking about the where we are. And when we think yeah. about where we are, usually we're a future version of our client, right? We're usually serving the past version of us. And so where you are now is not where you were then. And so how you're speaking needs to change. So listening more, taking client feedback, not as an attack, 
but as neutral feedback, that's all it is. It doesn't mean anything about me. It just is like, hey, this might be a really good idea. Implementing, tweaking, iterating. You know, one of the things that we do is we're really cautious on how many changes we make in the business. So we go, we do like an open close launch situation for our flagship program from one launch to another. In order for us to be able to accurately track the data and metrics, we cannot keep changing things. If you're changing yeah. things, then you have nothing to compare it to. So we're very mindful that we don't make more than one change per, per launch. We can make enhancements. So let me give you an example. So in a change, if you're listening, might be, cool, we do a three-part live webinar series. If we decide next launch to do a five-day challenge, that's a completely different vehicle. So that's a, that's a yeah. change. That's a really big change. However, if let's say we usually send a Zoom link in an email, and now this time we're going to send an add event button so it magically pops up onto their Google Calendar, that's an enhancement. It's just enhancing the customer experience. It's not changing anything. So that won't mess our metrics up. So we're very slow, like we're quick to decide and slow to change, which has been really huge. And listening to that customer feedback. And you know, earlier I said, my, your business is not meant to entertain you. There's a lot of things in my business that are not fun all the time. I've been saying the same thing for five years. I've been teaching the same content for five years, right? And so it could be, it could be very easy to get bored and want to pivot or to get triggered when a client asks you a question that you've answered 7,000 times. But I go back to my purpose and what we do and who we serve. And there will always be beginners and we serve a yes. lot of beginners. And so it's not shame on them or go, or how dare they ask me this question. It's literally my job to answer this question. So get a hobby and find fulfillment outside of your business so that you can continue to show up and serve your clients and what they need, not just what you're excited about. And I think there is completely agree literally having the same conversation with my coach right now. Um, and there is also different ways of approaching it. I'm like, I'm changing my one-on-one -on -one to group because yes, I'm repeating myself, but I'm not just repeating myself once a week or once a month. I literally repeat myself 10 times a day because right. we, we, I've built the framework. I've built how we go through all of this and advance people's businesses and I have calls with my one-on-one -on -one client and it's literally where I'm every day <laughs> repeating the same thing where I'm like, okay, let's get this in the group setting. Let's get those people first of all connected so they can learn from each other. They see things again. I don't know what I don't know in a group setting. You suddenly see other people struggling with the same thing. It's a different support type and all of that. So there it's, it's not sure. I don't think it's just the, uh, you are here to repeat yourself. I completely agree with that. Yeah. But it's also a data point of, okay, doesn't mean I have to repeat myself every single day with every single client. There is different right. vehicles to be able to not have to repeat yourself every day, but right. rather every week or every month. That's a pretty good marker too. If you have a lot of one-on-ones and you are saying the same thing over and over, you're building a you're building a curriculum. So you might as well put it into yep. a group program. We're huge advocates of group programs. That's that's our main thing that we teach. So our group program, we're on our 17th round. So I'm not repeating myself every day, but I am. This is the 17th time we're going through the curriculum. So I have repeated myself a lot, right? But I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And and the group aspect too. You said you don't know what you don't know. We can't read a prescription bottle from the outside. So yeah. when, or I'm sorry, from the inside, we can't read a prescription bottle from the inside. And when we're in our business or when we're in our, 
our weight loss journey or our fertility journey or how to build a treehouse journey, whatever dog walking, I don't care what you're doing when you're in it, you're in it and you can't read it from inside. So you do, you need that outside perspective, the group, the coach, the mentor, the podcast, something to show you different perspective. Yeah, completely agree. And it's, it's also just for us as the teacher, I think it's also the advancement where, yes, I have said the same thing over and over again, but I also get feedback over and over. I can polish how I say it. I can polish how I can deliver it. And looking back at how I delivered the same answer in different ways, which one hit better with who and how can I get my clients faster to the result than I have a month ago? And, and we're always evolving and growing. And that's why we named the company Digital Business Evolution. So I look back at things that I said five years ago and I'm like, I don't even agree with that anymore. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. I'm growing and evolving. So I would approach it in a different way. So yes, to your point, you are. You're always teaching it in a slightly nuanced, different way because you are different. Yeah. Yep. Love it. And you have some goodies for the audience today, don't you? Yeah. So we lean heavily into social media, which is organic marketing, right? We don't have to pay. And with that, we lean very heavily into email marketing because we don't own social media. So it's a borrowed list and email marketing is an owned list. Funny enough, as we are recording this episode, as the universe would have it, I got locked off of Instagram yesterday because there was a fake account trying to be me. I God, know. this I is know. going around right now, isn't it? It's all the time. So they it's were trying pain. to be me and they were so close to me that people, Instagram just shut me down. So they wouldn't let me post. They wouldn't let me do stories. They froze all my stuff. And so I was like, well, isn't this funny? Because we always talk about how important email marketing is. And now Instagram mm -hmm. literally shut me down. So what we have is an entire 10 video training. It's incredible. It talks about why it's important, how to do it. We have tech tutorials. We walk you through how to build and grow your email list with dream clients and like hot leads and dream clients, right? To get people to buy. We have in there information on how to get people to open your emails because subject lines matter, how to click oh through, God, yes. how to be more readable. There's so many things in there. And, and again, the tech tutorials for anyone who's not super techie like me. So I'd love to give that training to your audience. We can give you the link. It's at jessglazer.com slash build your list. And it will be in the description for you guys to easy link to it and just click on it. Last but not least, where can people find you? So they yeah. can, once once the Instagram account is open again and you I actually can post. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hang out most on Instagram at I am Jessica DeRose. We have our podcast twice a week, Digital Business Evolution with Jessica Rose, website, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, like literally anywhere. Uh, YouTube is our new focus for 2023. So come hang out with us on YouTube. But definitely shoot me a voice memo on Instagram. That's where I that's where I hang out the most. See, when people actually invite you into their DMs, those are the real people. Oh my gosh, please. I voice memo everybody. Oh, hell, I, I, I am the three finger type system gal. It's like, if, if I cannot voice memo you, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank I you. cannot wait so to actually. I have I followed you on Instagram yet? I will definitely be making sure that yes. I am because I think I just found my new business bestie. We are talking the same language. No, the red shirt, the red I'll hair. Be, we're sisters. Oh yeah, red hair, red t-shirts. We it's like we we we're, <laughs> we're just twins, twins on different sides of the country. Yes. Everybody, I'll see you in the next episode. Jess, thanks so much for joining me today. And I can't wait to chat on Instagram. Of course. Thanks for having me.
Bye.